Cryopreservation and cold chain logistics are among the many challenges the COVID-19 pandemic has forced BioPharma to confront head on. While the distribution of deep freeze vaccines has put those issues front and center, maintaining therapeutic integrity through cryopreservation and super cold supply chains have challenged and continue to vex uh, biologics producers of many stripes. These are issues that cell and gene therapeutic developers in particular have wrestled with for years. This is the Business of Biotech. I'm Matt Piller, your host and chief editor at Bioprocess Online. And today's letter is C, as in cryopreservation, cold chain logistics, cell therapy, and celiad oncology. The latter is a clinical stage biopharma focused on the discovery and development of CAR-T cell therapies for cancer. Celiad and its head of cell therapy manufacturing, Thomas LeCourtier, have openly embraced the cell therapy cryopreservation conundrum. And I'm thrilled he's sitting across from me now to share insight into what his company is doing to ensure the integrity and viability of the important therapies it's producing. Thomas, I I know I butchered your last name there. I'll ask you to pronounce it correctly for our audience, but uh, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thank you and everyone. Give, give us, give us the, the correct pronunciation of that last name. Yeah, it's Thomas Lequertier, but very com- exactly. complicated French name. Yeah, we're, and we're going, from here on out, we're going with Thomas. Mm. <laughs> so you, uh, your, your background, Thomas, you worked in uh, production and manufacturing at Dow Corning for, for quite some time before you joined Celia, and I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm assuming uh, that work at Dow Corning was focused on uh, consumer products, uh, perhaps. Um, and I'm, I'm always, I'm always curious about the transition of, 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 uh, you know, career from something other than life sciences to life sciences, and in your case, more specifically from, you know, Dow Corning working in the chemical industry making a a major transformation in the life sciences by joining a, a cell therapy company. So what sort of prompted that move for you? What what brought that about? In fact, there were um, two main reasons that pushed me to, to join the CAR-T uh, cell therapy field. Um, the first reason is that uh, CAR-T cell therapy is, uh, is a radical uh, improvement for cancer patients. And I strongly desire to, to participate in the development of that uh, that revolution. Um, the second reason is that the manufacturing technology used to make uh, the, the CAR-T is not mature and has to be uh, significantly improved. So it means that that situation is quite exciting because in the next decade, there are so many solutions to be developed um, uh, to properly uh, uh, to have a, a robust process and so on in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, so the challenge, it sounds like the challenge was part of the appeal for you. Exactly. Manufacturing challenge are... Um, there are so many to to solve and to address in the future, so that's really exciting. Yeah, very cool. Uh, what are your what are your responsibilities? So you're cell therapy manufacturing lead or head of cell th- cell therapy manufacturing unit uh, at, at Celiad. What, what what does that entail in terms of your responsibilities there? In fact, I oversee all um, GMP and GDP operations of the company, so which include uh, uh, validation and tech transfer, uh, the production, quality control. Uh, maintenance, but also the the, the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here and ask you to sort of give us the journey, right? Walk us through the journey, the logistical journey of Celiad's CAR T cell therapies from start to finish. And this is going to kind of lead into this conversation we're going to have around cryopreservation. So, you know, walk me through from start to finish and and kind of build in, uh, you know, when and where that cryopreservation process starts. Yeah. 
but um, um, prior explaining uh, the, the, the journey, it's, it's really important to make uh, the distinction between uh, autologous and um, analogenic therapies because the logistical journey and challenges are not at all the same. Um, as we know, uh, in allogenic therapies, the cells come from a healthy donor, uh, so they are ready to go when the patient needs them. But in autologous therapies, uh, each patient uh, T cells have to be engineered individually. And so there are much more challenges in autologous uh, uh, therapies uh, from a logistical perspective. Right. And celiad is, it, so the, 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 the therapies that you've got in clinic now are, are autologous, is that correct? No, no, we have uh, both, uh, um, we have both uh, therapies um, and even more uh, allogenic therapies than uh, autologous therapies. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And, and um, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I would say the, the journey uh, to manufacture a, a CAR T therapy can be uh, summarized into three steps. Um, in the first step, uh, the cells are um, collected and shipped to a, manuf to a manufacturing facility. Then uh, they are engineered, cryopreserved, and stored in cryogenic tank. And finally, um, as soon as the product is, uh, has been tested and um, in released, uh, we, can, um, we can ship back uh, the product to the clinical site and um, uh, into a kind of a cryogenic uh, shipment box, and we can infuse to the patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So th that's the autologous approach. Um, yeah. No, no, it's the same. Um, uh, it's, it's the same approach, so f except that uh, for allogenic um, uh, therapy, you have plenty of time uh, uh, to, uh, to schedule everything. But you also know uh, you, you also need to collect from a, an LC donor, not a patient, but an, an LC donor. And so you have plenty of, of time um, uh, to schedule all the activities. And uh, it simplifies um, simplify a, a, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the, as far as the, the cold chain process is concerned, it's, it's much the same regardless. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is correct. Yes. Okay. Except that um, for autologous um, uh, therapies, uh, we, we take uh, the, um, uh, the cells from, from the patient. So they are collected fresh and you need uh, to, um, uh, to treat, to, to start the manufacturing uh, as soon as possible, but in uh, allogenic therapies, um, you can directly collect. Uh, you, you collect uh, the uh, the cells from the donors, but you can uh, already receive it uh, cryopreserved. And so, this you can save a, a lot of time. And from a logistic perspective, it's much more uh, simpler. Mm -hmm. So, in in your case, at at, at Saliad, um, what is what is your describe for me your role, your company's role in the 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 integrity and monitoring of of temperature right so the temperature control what what temperature controls responsibilities do you bear yeah in fact you have to um, to select really um, a critical step is to select a, a, a courier service which is really reliable because as, as you mentioned so the the temperature is is, is so critical in the, the logistical journey because uh, the uh, the cells are, are very sensitive um, and so that means that you need to monitor um, the temperature all along the, the, the shipment. Right. And how is that? How is that accomplished? Are we talking like, you know, what, what, what is the actual sort of mechanism that monitors that temperature? Yeah. So you use a, a special uh, a shipment, shipment box. And in those uh, shipment box, uh, you, you put a, a kind of a temperature sensor that monitor and track uh, the temperature all along, uh, uh, all along the shipment. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. What is the, tell me about, so, so that, that part of the process, and we're going to get into the actual cryopreservation here shortly, but that, that part of the cold chain process where you're, you're monitoring using a sensor, the, the temperature within that uh, box is, is, is that regulated? Are you, is Celiad subject to some level of regulation specific to that part of the logistical journey? Yes, it's uh, really, um, temperature is really a, a critical pa- parameter. So you need to properly uh, monitor, uh, monitor that. And it's, uh, it's really a part of the, of the release process uh, of, of the drug product at the end uh, uh, of the production. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so the box, the sensors, uh, these are specialized uh, pieces of equipment. Um, do, you, do you work with third-party suppliers to, to acquire those? Uh, pieces of equipment, those sensors, uh, and and if so, can you share who they are? Yeah, um, yes, for sure. Uh, we are not, I would say, a specialist of of, uh, of uh, temperature sensor. So for sure, we work uh, with uh, uh, with external party. I cannot uh, disclose uh, uh, the, the the name, but yes, for sure, we work with uh, with uh, with specialist. And uh, on the market, there are, I would say, the traditional temperature sensor uh, uh, that can monitor the temperature. But you only see the temperature uh, when you receive the, the, the shipment box on site. But now there are new uh, new technology where you can uh, really see uh, in live uh, the, t- the temperature along the sh- along the shipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are, is Celiad using that technology now? That net networked sensor technology? Yeah, we are working on that process. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, when when the shipment is received. Uh, it, it's actually the, the clinician who's validating uh, the, the, that the temperature is in the in the correct uh, parameters. Uh, yeah, if we talk about the the, the, the drug product uh, at the end, uh, yes, we 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 send uh, that and there is um, uh, we send that to the clinical site and and they've uh, the, the people really uh, on site are, are trained. Uh, are properly trained really to, to be able to monitor that temperature, uh, to document uh, that temperature into a, uh, into a kind of a batch record, if you want. And, uh, and they can only uh, use that product if, uh, if the temperature is still uh, under control. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been uh, situations where there's a, a, you know, the variance is, is too large perhaps? And, and if so, what, what then? What, do you, what, what happens to that material? For, for the moment, we have not uh, yet uh, uh, we have not yet had that that issue. Uh, but uh, f- for sure, um, uh, if uh, the um, uh, if if the temperature is auto specification, uh, that means that the the, the cell the, the 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 product could not be uh, infused to the patient. And and so if it's a uh, if it's an autologous therapy, it's um, uh, it's uh, it's not not easy at all situation because there is no other solution for the patient. But mm-hmm. fortunately, uh, if it's uh, allogenic therapy, we can send another uh, drug product to be infused for the patient. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're, so so cold chain is this is is the, is is cryopreservation and cold chain logistics a, a new uh, area for you since you joined Celiad or did you have some exposure to it when you were uh, at Dow Corning? So I I had experience with a traditional cold chain logistics like uh, the the two 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 to eight degree, but uh, I have no I had no experience in cryogenic uh, cold chain, which is very specific to uh, uh, to cell therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So learn drink, drinking from the the fire hose, so to speak. That's uh, exactly. it's exciting stuff. Now, um, so as Celiad advances your your pipeline um, beyond phase one, obviously, you know, you 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 require more volume. You require the um, the improvement of of iterative processes, um, and, and cryopreservation is a necessity of that kind of logistical equation, regardless of whether we're talking autologous or, or allogeneic. Um, but it can also result in significant degradation, right? Loss of, of living CAR T cells, uh, which diminishes the viability of the therapy. So, and I, you know, we, th- this is, this is the challenge sort of at hand. How do we, how do we take the material? How do we, how do we preserve it? And how do we maintain its integrity? Um, what, wh- what is the issue there? Thomas, what, what, why is it that uh, the cryopreservation process results in a degradation of, of, of viability? Uh, but yeah, you're right. And so uh, cells are, are really sensitive and really during the, the cryo, cryopreservation process, the, the cells are mechanically uh, damaged by the formation of kind of uh, ice crystals. Um, and those ice crystals can significantly impact the, the self and the viability of the cells. Uh, but, uh, however, so the, the cryopreservation process uh, can be optimized. And so you can play on the cryo, for example, on the cryopreservation, um, uh, on the cryo, um, on the freezing rate, sorry. Uh, you can also add some cryoprotectant. Uh, but uh, on the other end, uh, when you use cryoprotectant, uh, it's, it could be toxic for the uh, for the cells and uh, can also you can also impact the viability of the cells. So it's uh, yeah, cryopreservation is really a, a critical process that you need to ma- to masterize to do not uh, impact um, uh, the efficacy of your uh, drug product at the end. Mm-hmm. And I know you know I've I've read some material online. I believe Sally had pub- published a white paper. I think it was probably around the time that you joined the company back in 2017, 2018 timeframe. Um, the, the company's been transparent about the fact that this has been a, a challenge. I mean, it's not just a challenge for Sally; it's a challenge for 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 every cell therapy company. Um, can you give us a little more color on? You know the the process there around manipulation of of free freeze rates and 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 cryoprotectant, uh, and and just what that looks like on the ground level, kind of manipulating those factors and trying to optimize the end result. Um, but no, there are quite a, a lot of of literature on that. Um, um, so there are, I would say, most of the players uh, use the, the the same cryoprotectant. Uh, and in terms of um, uh, control rate freezer, uh, you have, uh, I would say, uh, key supplier that can really uh, help you to design your uh, your freezing protocol. And uh, when you fix everything, it's really important that uh, that to, to that process to be reproducible. So you need to define a really critical parameters uh, during that process. Uh, like the time, the temperature, uh, the, the concentration of that cryoprotectant, um, uh, and, and so on. And you, you play on, on that, uh, and then you fix all those parameters, uh, and you um, reproduce, uh, and you can reproduce uh, that, um, uh, that process quite, quite easily without impacting uh, viability. The business of biotech is brought to you in partnership with Cytiva. Together, we're committed to helping the leaders of new and emerging biopharma companies navigate the financial, organizational, human resources, and regulatory waters you'll encounter on your way from discovery to the clinic and beyond. 
Check out a host of useful resources for biotech leaders at Cytiva's Emerging Biotech Accelerator at cytivalifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. That's C-Y-T-I-V-A lifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. Does that, um, do, do those parameters um, change at all or need to be re-equated as volume and, and scale increase? Um, in fact, um, not the protocol, the protocol, no, the, the critical parameter are still the same, but so the, I would say the, the, the main challenge is the, especially with, um, uh, with uh, allogenic therapies, uh, the the the, car, the target in allogenic therapies is to to produce as much as possible. So right. you knew, you, yeah. So you so that means that you need uh, to identify some equipment that can manage uh, uh, ideally uh, hundreds and hundreds and even in the future thousands of thousands of doses and cryopreserve those those uh, uh, numerous uh, doses. Um, so it's uh, quite a, a big challenge for the future. Right. Yeah. And, and, and shelf life stability is, I, I'm, you know, I would assume, sim, I would simply uh, assume that uh, it's less of an issue in, in autologous um, scenarios than it is in allogeneic. You know, obviously you want to, uh, at, as you scale up, uh, you want to build some vo- volume and you want to maintain the shelf life and stability of those allogeneic therapies in storage. Um what have you learned? Have you, have you learned, uh, has Sally had uh, gotten to the point now where it's, it's learned about degradation over time, you know, viability uh, over time as allogeneic therapies have, have sat in cold storage? No, in fact, um, the, the CAR T cells in general are very sta- stable at uh, uh, when they are stored in a very, very low temperature. Huh? So really the, 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 the challenge, uh, the, the challenge of relating to the uh, shelf lights uh, when you, uh, uh, when you tow uh, the, the, the drug product at the clinical site level. So that means that you are, you are still in contact with that cryoprotectant and uh, the, vi- the, I would say the viability of the cells in contact with the, that cryoprotectant is it, only, uh, I would say, a couple of hours. So that, that means that uh, all the challenge is really there. Okay. Um, describe the, the financial and, and sort of expertise requirements around uh, cryopreservation and cold chain logistics. So, you know, obviously it's a specialized step in the process. Does it require specialized expertise and a significant investment in enabling it? Um, regarding the, the investment. So yeah, yeah that's true that uh, an important initial investment is, is needed because you need to purchase all the um, required cryogenic equipment like uh, the control rate freezer, the cryogenic uh, storage tank, uh, the shipment boxes uh, as well. And we do not have to forget that all the safety measures to, to manage, um, uh, to handle the, the liquid nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it, it quite, uh, I would say, a quite important investment at, at the, uh, initially. Um, and relating to the expertise, in, in, in fact, um, um, you can have a, a lot of to manage for the cryogenic tanks and so on, the, the, mani- the, the management of all those assets. Asset, you can have really the, the support of the equipment suppliers. But for, for sure, where you need an expertise is, is um, for the cryopreservation process because it's, uh, it's really um, included in the, uh, in the manufacturing process of your CAR-T. And so it needs to be properly, I would say, uh, controlled, validated, uh, monitored, and it, it has to be robust. So you need that, the expertise for that specific step. 
Yep. Uh, at, at Celiac, can you give us a, a glimpse into what team members, what parts of the organization are are sort of directly uh, involved in that cryopreservation and, and cold chain logistics process? I mean, obviously it rolls up, I'm sure, throughout the organization, but who's got a day-to-day hand in it? Uh, but it's, um, as, I, as I mentioned, so it's not, uh, we have not uh, uh, some somebody which we, uh, who is really uh, fully responsible for that. So, so um for the cryopreservation process step, uh, it's uh, I would say our team, uh, our validation team, our production team, with uh, specialized uh, to to ma- uh, to do that, uh, uh, to validate or to uh, uh, to do that operation. Uh, and then obviously the, we have uh, uh, infra- infrastructure team to to maintain uh, all those uh, utilities assets, and and obviously also the the logistic teams. Uh, responsible to to manage uh, all the all the shipments uh, and to make sure that uh, um, uh, that the temperature uh, is well controlled during the the, the shipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. What uh, what what temperature range are we talking about here, Thomas? Give me give me an idea of how just how cold we're we're talking. Ah, uh, the uh, uh, classical um, uh, specification uh, the, for the cell therapy, you need to, to be below uh, minus one hundred and thirty degrees uh, Celsius. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, a, a while back, I think it was in February of uh, of this year, we uh, we enjoyed a conversation with Filippo Petty, your CEO, um, on, on the business of biotech. Uh, Aaron Harris and I, my colleague over at Sal and Gene, had the pleasure of interviewing him. And one of the things that we discussed with with Filippo was uh, Celiad's decision to pursue manufacturing in house. You know, it's a, always a I don't want to say contentious debate, but it's always an interesting conversation with companies like yours about outsourcing versus insourcing. Um, so I'm I'm curious about that decision in the context of the fact that, you know, that cryopreservation is such an important step uh, in the process and a tricky step to, to get right. Um, did, did that play in at all? I mean, it, it, I, I'm sure that that decision may have been made pre uh pre-Thomas, you know, perhaps before you were there. But what do you know about sort of the, the decision-making process around um, how the necessity to cryopreserve these therapies plays into whether we outsource or insource? Why not say, hey, there's a whole bunch of CDMOs or, C, you know, uh, CMOs out there who have expertise in this stuff. Let's let them handle it. Yeah, but um, really the tricky part, it's um, uh, the, 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 in cell therapy, so the, the, the cells are very sensitive and it's not a, like in classical, in the production of, of classical biologics, when you can, uh, at the end of the process, you have kind of, of bulk that you can uh, uh, yeah, you, you can ship afterwards for, for uh, uh, to cryopreserve or, uh, or to perform the fill and finish. Here, the really um, uh, cryopreservation is really... Uh, uh, included in the uh, in the manufacturing step because as as soon as you you add that cryoprotectant, uh, you need to start uh, the, the cryopreservation step has to be uh, terminated as soon as possible. So mm-hmm. that that means that if you decide um, uh, to manufacture your your CAR T therapy, you have to decide uh, to, uh, to 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 do also the cryopreservation yourself. There is no other uh, option for for the moment. And uh, but to be uh, to be honest, um, um, so yes, the critical the cryopreservation is a critical step, but it's far from from the most complex uh, of the manufacturing process. So mm-hmm. I would say that it does not play a major role into the, the decision to in source versus outsource um, uh, 
that, that operation because the, the other uh, uh, step of the um, uh, to manufacture a CAR T are more complex. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's a consideration, but certainly far from the, the determining factor. Exactly. Yeah. What is uh, you know you you mentioned the 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 time that it takes uh, to to work through the cryopreservation process from from the point that you're you know adding cryoprotectant and preparing to freeze to the point that you're you know uh, picking and packing right the the product into into boxes for outbound logistical purposes. What does that look like? Are we talking hours? Is it a super super slow process? Does it happen quickly? Yes, and so so really, it's quite. We are talking about a couple of hours because, as I mentioned, as soon as you add that cryoprotectant, um, the cell viability can be uh, quickly uh, impacted. So so that means that uh, you start your final formulation, uh, then you have to fill uh, all the vials of the bags, and then you have to um, uh, to cryopreserve as soon as possible. So that mm -hmm. means we are talking really about a couple of hours to do all those operations. Yeah. Okay. Can you um. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't expect very, very specific figures here, but give us a, give us a sense for kind of where we were then to where we are now. You've, you, Celiad's been very transparent, as I said, about its approach to improving and, and optimizing the, the crowd preservation process. Um, how, how far have we come in our ability to maintain viability of, of, of these therapies post, you know, through the freeze th freeze th thaw cycle um, versus where we were maybe I don't know three or four years ago. Uh, but on honestly, we do not have any um, um, any issue. So sometimes, so we we have to start first because it's really difficult to compare um, the cells prior prior the cryopreservation and after the cryopreservation because uh, yeah, it's really um, it's very technical. But but it's complicated to to compare them. But what what we can what we can observe is that we do not have uh, any uh, viability issue. And um, and uh, even if you have. Uh, I would say uh, um, um, an impact on the viability. Um, you have to, if you have a really a reproducible uh, a process, cryopreservation process. Imagine if you have tested in phase one um, uh, your product uh, to patient and, and that you demonstrate that uh, that product is uh, is safe uh, and uh, with a good efficacy, and uh, you can reproduce um, the cryopreservation process later, even if you have a small loss of, of viability during that process. It's it's not bad because that you have demonstrated during the, the clinical phases uh, that your product is safe and uh, and uh, and the efficacy is good. So so if you can reproduce it, you can do it in the in the future in phase two, three, and even commercial at commercial stage. Mm -hmm. Okay, what uh, what challenges remain to be solved from your perspective around uh, cryopreservation and, and cold chain logistics? Where can we still improve? But I have already um, mentioned a little bit about that. But with the emergence of allogenic therapies, the really the equipment suppliers will have to continue to to develop a solution to cryopreserve thousand and thousand of doses in a very short uh, time frame after the end of the fill and finish process. So it's it's really I would say one of the biggest challenges from a manufacturing perspective. But we have also to think about um, um, the clinical side because uh, uh, they have. Um, it's cell therapy, it's, it's still uh, quite new for, for, for them also. Um, and so they, they need really to invest uh, in those uh, cryopreservation uh, equipment. So they, they need cryo 
uh, cryotank, they need uh, to properly uh, tow the cell therapies, uh, the cryopreserved cell therapies. So, so it's also a concern for, for them. And the challenge is to, uh, to try to simplify as much as possible the, the towing process uh, uh, and also the, um, uh, the, the storage uh, operation uh, at clinical site. Yeah, that that clinical site level control is that that's intriguing to me too because it's almost like you know if I if I'm if I'm Celiad, there comes a point where I become you know perhaps concerned, perhaps anxious, right? Like <laughs> I want to make sure that this is being handled to your point, thawed appropriately, administered appropriately. So to what degree is is Celiad involved at that at that clinical site? Like what 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 does your oversight of that process look like? In fact, it's a very strict process because they, they receive, obviously, a, a, a training a prior um, handling uh, or product. But, uh, but af- after the training, um, as, as soon as they, um, uh, they have to, to, to handle one of our products, they have the kind of, uh, of batch record, so to document everything they do. So they have to, to document the temperature, they have to document... Uh, the, the shelf uh, when they they tow the process when they infuse uh, uh, the the product and and so on so it's it's really strict and it's also really a big challenge because you have to imagine the clinical side because uh, um, uh, and we I, I think that we strongly need a kind of uh, industry discussion uh, uh, with the with the clinical side because imagine if if uh, each manufacturer. Uh, develop a different kind of, of towing and managing uh, CAR T cell therapy of other, or other cell therapy, it will be very, very complicated uh, for the clinical side. So I, I, I think that we should uh, regulate a little bit and start standardize the, the practice. So it will be a, a key as, aspect for the future. Mm-hmm. As it stands today in your clinical trials, do you have, does the Celiad have on site, you know, sort of feet, feet uh, on the ground at the, at the clinical sites? Um, no, 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 not at that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, what, what do you, if you kind of gazed into your crystal ball, right? I mean, this is your, your area of expertise. Now, if you, if you look forward, um, I don't know, five, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, what, what does the future hold? And maybe it's not even, maybe, maybe it's not even cryo, you know, are there other, uh, preservation technologies that, that uh, the cell and gene space, has there has it has its eye on you know what 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 is what is sort of the the future hold for the ability to preserve maintain viability and main, maintain logistical um, integrity uh, of cell therapies. Um, honestly, I, uh, I have some so, so, so I, I I think that very low temperature will be always uh, uh, we will always need a very low temperature. So for mm-hmm. sure, the cryopreservation uh, process w- will evolve. Uh, will be optimized after time, but uh, um, um, yes, so the cells are living and, and so to maintain them uh, during uh, several months or, or even years, we would need, uh, I think that we would need really a, a very low temperature to, to keep a very low t- temperature. And, and so that means that uh, with the potential to cure um, a serious disease like cancer, the cell engine therapies market is, uh, is projected to grow rapidly. So that means that uh, Cryopreservation operations are and will continue to be a, a, an important aspect of, the, of these therapies, uh, and which means that all the players, like like the manufacturer, like uh, the courier services, like the, the clinical site and the equipment supplier, really should continue to invest uh, in in the science, in the technology to really uh, uh, improve that that cryopreservation process. 
Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I appreciate this, uh, the time you spent with us, Thomas, and the, and the overview. Uh, if, if you feel as though there, there's a, an important question I didn't ask or anything else you wanted to share, now's the time because we're uh, running short on time. We're going to wrap things up. Is there anything I, I, you think I, you know, being the expert in this space, anything I should have asked you that I didn't? No, it was uh, really a good set of, uh, of questions. And we have, uh, we have covered, I think, uh, the most important um, uh, challenge and aspect of the cryopreservation. Awesome. Well, th- thanks again for spending some time with us and uh, keep up the great work. I-, I look forward to talking with you again. I look forward to talking with Filippo again. I really enjoyed the conversation with him. And um, Celiad's definitely a-, a cool company to watch. I wish you luck as you move forward. Thank you. Thank you. So that's Celiad Oncology, head of cell therapy manufacturing, Thomas Le Coutier. Again, I came close with the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm Matt Pillar, and this is the business of biotech. We're produced by Bioprocess Online, which publishes a fresh biweekly newsletter that I encourage you to subscribe to at bioprocessonline.com. We're produced by Cytiva, uh, which offers, uh, in partnership with Cytiva, which offers a beautiful collection of resources for emerging biotechs on its biotech accelerator, which I encourage you to check out at cytivalifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. This pod drops a fresh episode every Monday. And if you like what you heard on it, Uh, you really ought to subscribe and give us a solid review. Whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, it doesn't matter to me. You'll find us wherever you like to listen. Go ahead and give us five stars. And in the meantime, thank you for listening. 